What's up, Nana Nation and lovers of the Not After 30 podcast? What's up, everybody? This is Anthony El Jefe recording live and direct from the Billy Shears podcast studio in lovely Milton, Ontario. You probably read it in the title. This one's a very special one. This podcast is centered around an interview I've done with Liam Kay, former Toronto Wolfpack winger, uh, legend, all-around nice guy, Adonis with his flowing, greasy hair. I mean, that's a compliment, Liam. Um, yeah, if you are a Toronto Wolfpack fan or listener to the podcast, you know that I got a lot of love for the Wolfpack. And uh, right now, there's some trying times, but I believe that they're going to come out on top. Uh, Liam was incredibly gracious with his time, and I'm so happy that he did this. This is a mini, mini dream that I had for the podcast, and it was so cool that Liam gave us the time. And um, and really didn't hold back. He, he was super great with everything, and you'll see in the in the pod that he he definitely opened up on some things. Uh, thank you so much for the fan questions that came in. Uh, I think some of, some of them were ribs from some of the boys, and I appreciate that. So uh, I, I like how I like how um, he reached out and gave Liam a hard time. Okay, sorry. I also want to put out there if this is your first time downloading the Not After Thirty podcast and you saw that we had Liam K on here. It's awesome. Thank you so much for downloading and tuning in, checking this out. Uh, this is a passion project. We don't make any money off this podcast. We just want to put out content that other people want to listen to. And if I may take this minute just to plug the podcast, then Not After 30 Podcast is a podcast about reminiscing about your 20s while surviving your 30s. Life in your 30s gets crazy. Trust me, I am living it. And I just like to cover topics that relate to me or the people around me. We have many other shows. We do a coverage of all Toronto sports. We do coverage on what's a dating scene like now and how does it compare to when maybe like 20 years, sorry, 10, 15 years ago when I was in the game. Uh, we do a show called uh, Milk and Cookies where Milky Cabrera comes on and we kind of compare notes on some crazy dating things. Not to mention some of the long-standing podcasts on the network. We have Aaron Chalupa and the Awkward Throw Clear. You can see Aaron's journey and it's going to be a journey. He covers a lot of ranges of topics but he's leaving Northern Alberta. He's coming to live in Ontario. He's becoming a brewer at Flying Monkey. Follow his journey as he transitions in life. Wow that sounded wacky. I'm sorry. Also, we have the Wow. We I had Mustard podcast, which is just a smorgasbord of dudes being dudes. It's a lot of fun to listen to, a lot of movie references, a lot of movie reviews, as well as some wacky off-the-cuff stuff. Not, last but not least, we have Tim Carr and the Midnight Owl. If you haven't checked it out, please do. He covers an amateur's look at occult and supernatural phenomenons. With that being said. Thank you so much for checking out. That's enough of my ramble. This is Liam motherfucking K, the legend. Scoring tries, breaking hearts, and making the other team cry. This is the Not After 30 podcast. A podcast about reminiscing about your 20s while surviving your 30s. Now, it's time for the show. If you're a long-time podcast, you know my infinity love for the Toronto Wolfpack. But most importantly, number five in your programs, number one in your heart, Mr. Liam K on the line. <laughs> How are we doing, brother? <laughs> I'm well. I am well. Thank you for doing this, my man. Yeah, it's no problem, man. It's a pleasure to be on here. 
Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, um, I I have a bunch of questions to ask you, uh, but first off, I, we met once upon a time, uh, a slightly drunken state in my case, and probably an exhausted case in your case. Um, <laughs> And and I, I didn't I didn't really understand the magnitude of everything. But when I asked you, you didn't have any social media. As you said, I no, don't do that kind of stuff. But then one, you know, just a couple of yeah. weeks ago, uh, you had liked one of my old posts that we'd done about three years ago, kind of a little tongue in cheek. Uh, and you liked that post, and my head exploded. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, I just thought I'd give it a go. You know, it is. <laughs> man, I I. I laughed so hard. I, I couldn't believe that. I also, um, I also tried up some of my buddies on the podcast. Just be like, you're not going to believe this, but guess who finally saw <laughs> this video we made three years ago? Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, I saw it before. Then, but, uh, I, I have seen it before. Then I just decided to take the uh, the punt and come on and come on to it. And then obviously I, I figured out how to see posts. That included myself, so I just uh, had a little look around. And I see yours, and of course, hit the like button. <laughs> oh, I appreciate my man. Definitely made my day. And you know, uh, a lot of times those those videos go unseen, but just the fact that uh, we we had a little fun with it, and you saw it, it makes my day. So thank you for that again. Nah, it's cool, man. I enjoyed it. It's cool. All right. There's a lot I want to talk about, a lot I want to get on, and I don't want to take up too much of your time. I understand you got training and everything else to do. Plus, with the time difference, this is probably the earliest podcast I've ever recorded. <laughs> I do apologize for that. <laughs> hey, this is what it is, my man. Okay, so first off, I need to know, when you first heard the rumblings of a possible Canadian rugby team playing in England, like first transatlantic team, what were your thoughts on that before, of course, the signing and everything like that? I need to be involved in this. That's basically how it came about. I was just like, I need to do something different. I kind of went through um, a bit of a, a bad phase playing when I was playing rugby, not really enjoying it and stuff like that. And uh, as soon as I heard the uh, that there might be a team in Canada playing games in England and Canada, I was like, I need to be a part of this. So I did. Uh, I did what I could and, and made it happen. That that's so amazing. And were you concerned about like? I mean, not too much foresighting, but were you concerned about the travel or, I mean, ownership or anything like that? I mean, were, were you worried that the accommodations might not be up to snuff? 100%, you know, that played on my mind massively. Um, you know, flying back and forth, um, playing fixtures in England and in Canada, um, you know, who's in charge of the club, uh, what happens when we're over there, where we stay in, all these these thoughts came into my head but you know it's, it was kind of um, it was kind of let's say just a, a, a jump into the deep end of the pool you know I, I, I was you know I was at a great club in Lee Centurions and I, you know I, but I, I got to a point in my career I was like I just need some excitement and, and you know I thought why not why not jump in and see if it works if it doesn't work then hopefully I can find a different club elsewhere but you know obviously it paid off so yeah. Well, the Centurions are, are are kind of a model franchise too. You know, if you're going to leave them, there's got to be something greener, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, um, I left Lee Centurions probably not on the on the best note that I would have liked, or, um, and that was all down to 
Toronto really that was my passion to sign for Toronto of why I'd left Lee so it was like you say the it was like a franchise to, to leave to leave lease insurance but you know I was like I say I was at that point and I was just like I need to I want to do something crazy I want to <laughs> I want to do something <laughs> like completely different I want to just just do something and then obviously um it panned out that uh, the Toronto Wolfpack would be made and obviously I'd signed for him so I was I was well happy let's say and what was the buzz with the players? Were the like were the players around the league interested in it, or did they think it was some kind of gimmick that you know might might just bring some uh, new excitement to the league? Uh, I think there was a bit of a mixture of both. Um, obviously, I'm not sure if you've if you followed rugby league in England before the Toronto Wolfpack came around, but. Um, in terms of expanding the rugby league game, it never really worked. Uh, so we tried expanding like Wales with the Celtic Crusaders. Uh, they ended up going. Um, they ended up going uh, into administration and, and folding, unfortunately. But you know we tried expanding into London and stuff like that, and it's just never really works. And I think the whole mindset of the the English, uh, um, the English fans, if you will, will probably just think, oh, it's another. It's going to be another expansion failure. Um, so we'll just we'll just let it get on with itself and then let it die off. That's kind of the the, the impression I got with it. I I just just a little background on myself. I didn't know anything about rugby until the Wolfpack were announced. I started to learn a little bit about it, and I don't know if yep. this is going to translate correctly, but I'm sure you've watched the TV show Friends. Yeah. Oh yeah, big, big favorite, big uh, oh, TV show favorite. That. Okay, well, excellent. There, there, you know, there's that one episode where Ross is dating the English girl, and yeah. he goes to play rugby. That's the, kind of the extent that I knew of rugby, and so I didn't know a yeah. ton about it, and I just learned on the fly. And I don't like American football, so for yeah. me, it it was uh, a way to enjoy. I don't want to say a similar game, but a, a somewhat similar game. Uh, and I was learning. I was a brand new fan, so you were the first signing from the Wolfpack, um, yeah. quite an amazing accomplishment. I think if, if you're, if they're handpicking players, it's quite amazing that you're number one pick. Um, yeah. what, was that a big honor for you? How did that work out for you? Or was it just, you know, another signing? No, of course it was, a, it was a massive honor. And obviously to the club of where it's at now, obviously take COVID-19 out of it. But, you know, we signed Sonny Bill Williams this year. And obviously for me to be, a part of a club that's signing global superstars like that for me being the person that started it and was the first signing it's it's a massive privilege that's why I'll always have like a special place in in my heart for Toronto you know I'll always be I'll always be a fan of the club um but you know it's 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 let's just yeah it's 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 definitely an honor to uh to be the first signing of the club that's amazing um what were were you? Did you have impressions of the city before making the trips over? Never had a. I'll be honest, not really. You know, obviously, when if you look for a holiday as a UK citizen, like you think Canada, probably not. You're more like it's more like Miami, Florida, or you know places like that. You think if you want to travel over the Atlantic, you don't really think of of Toronto as a kind of holiday destination. But you know, I was really taken back when I first when I first got to Toronto. I was just like this place is crazy and it suits me down to the ground exactly like my personality fits fits in well with this city so yeah i loved it it is a world-class city a lot of people it might be underrated until you get here and then when we blow your tits off once you get here 
<laughs> that's it. Oh, my mates are like, what's it like? And I'm just, just like, you just need to get over there. Like, you just need to experience it. It's, it's something like, I've always said, if I'd, have, if I'd have known about Toronto when I was a little bit younger, when I was, you know, a little party animal and I was going to like Ibiza and stuff like that, I'd have thought, nah, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go to Toronto instead. Just crazy. You know, and it's so funny because being from the area, you know, the dream is to go to go to London, go to England, go to Ibiza, you know, and, and hit across the Atlantic. <laughs> I, don't, so it make, it, I don't know why you want to come over here. <laughs> yeah. You'd want to come over here. Well, we're going to get into it later, but uh, as I've already expressed to you, I'm a huge Oasis fan. So I, yeah. I need to check out Manchester just to check out Manchester. I want to go to the mixer. I want to have a pint at the mixer. I, I, I want to kind of do the Oasis um, tour, I guess you can say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so uh, what when you're traveling across the Atlantic for games, what do you do to prep yourself for that? Because this is something uncharted. Uh, we hear about sometimes some NHL teams going to, going to play in Europe, but when you're yeah. doing it on a bi-weekly basis, how difficult is that as, as an athlete to keep your training and your regimen and, of course, your body rested? Well, it's it, you kind of get used to it. It's it's weird to say that you do get used to like jet lag. You kind of get used to what works for you. You know, when we were, I've done all sorts of things on on the flight over to Canada because it's a different it's a different kettle of fish when you're coming back from Canada. Obviously, when you're coming back, it's when we fly, it's usually night time, so you just got to try and get your head down. And obviously, when you wake up, it's the morning in the UK. So that the flight back's always difficult, and it's usually dealt with a hangover as well there's always a hangover on the flight back um but on the flight there yeah i've done all sorts of things like we've we've i think we've we had a seven hour game of poker don't ask me how we achieved that on a (laughs) on a economy flight uh, but we managed it there was i think there was seven of us and we played a full game of poker for like seven hours Uh, you know who came out on top it was uh, yours truly. I think. Uh, I think it was. Yeah, it was me. You got you, you got the legs and the poker face, man. Liam, are you the total package? What's going on? <laughs> no, I'm just. Uh, I'm just a good cards player, I guess. <laughs> but um, no, like I've done all talk, sorts. Go can on. you talk a little bit about the um, the backlash of some of your friends in the league that may not be uh, part of the Wolfpack when Wolfpack start to spend money on on big name players? Uh, what do you mean by that? Carry on. Well, did, did you feel like there was any backlash? I, I know uh, uh, at the fans' point of view on some of the fan groups, there was a lot of, you know, we'd have uh, fans from other clubs um, just talking a lot of smack about, yeah. you know, uh, the Wolfpack flexing the wallet a little bit, uh, breaking payroll, that kind of stuff. Well, let's face it, when, I, when, when I'm not fans talking smack about yeah. the Wolfpack, <laughs> they've had to deal with Good it point. The, the, the whole time it's been... Being you know alive, it's had to deal with absolute negativity all over social media. So like, I don't think I think there's literally a handful of people that talk positive about it. Um, in terms of the the backlash and stuff like that, we as a team we never you don't really see it as that. Uh, you know you know you're getting a quality player. You know you're not you're not getting someone that's being overpaid kind of thing for what they do. Uh, yeah, albeit let's say Sonny Bill would his contract, but I don't know the ins and outs of his, of his contract. So as a team, we, we just take it as a, you know, as a pinch of salt and we just get on with it. We're all equal at the end of the day when it comes to that, um, kind of salary yes. talk. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's something that's like, a 
it could be like the elephant in the room, but you just don't treat it. You just don't. You just don't go there. It's something I'm sure probably a lot of sportsmen might tell you. You know, you don't discuss each other's salaries, and it's not really a backlash. You know, when we've we played in League One, in my in my opinion, we had a, a championship winning team. So obviously, we started in League One, then Championship, then the Super League. Uh, but I think in League One, we had a, a championship team, um, and obviously. When you move up to the championship, some players left and got replaced with other players, albeit maybe on some more money. But you know, the club had a vision, and you know, and David Argyle's vision was to get to Super League within five years. So I think we achieved that, and that was just by the clubs um, what they were prepared to do player-wise. I think. I, I have to say, when when I was learning about rugby and the Wolfpack. I would I would talk to my friends who knew a little bit about rugby, but I also talked to other people in the stands at Lamport, and people were saying. I remember that first game. I'm sure you remember too. You know, it was a rainy, damp day. It wasn't much fun to sit in on the concrete blocks at Lamport. I'm sure it wasn't a lot of fun to play in. But <laughs> I remember people saying at that point, this team should be in Championship League. Like it's it's way too good for League One. But I think the goal was just to prove a point that they didn't the league. The, the governing body didn't want to put the Wolfpack in Champions yes. League off the hop, right? So you guys were out to prove a point, and I think yeah. you did that every game, winning by at least 40, 40 points every game. Yeah, I mean, I think I got sent off that first game, actually. That was against Oxford, wasn't it? I think there was a big fight that happened that game. <laughs> That's probably why the Canadians loved it. Um, it, it you're probably but, right. <laughs> but no, the um, yeah, look, we got to start from the bottom. It was a new team coming in, and it had all these... Um, these points of why the, you know Toronto should be playing rugby league in England and all this, and when the RFL so is well, you've got to start from the bottom like any other team would have to really. Um, so you know we started from the bottom, and when we worked our way up, but you, you mean everyone's yeah we 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 were dominant in that first year in League One, but forgetting we didn't go undefeated, we actually got beaten by York that year in the first first uh, round of the playoffs. Uh, whether that were complacency, I don't know, but. Um, People underestimate that league once, you know, they see it as um, see it as an easy league and stuff. But there's, you know, I've got a lot of a lot of friends that play it, and it's it's a difficult league. It's been, you know, I'd be interested uh, with the Ottawa going into the league next year. You know, with the see how they get on in comparison to how the how Toronto Wolfpack got on. It'd be an interesting interesting sight to see. But um, you know, you've got to start from the bottom, in in my opinion. You've got to earn the respect as you go. Um, I personally, I still don't think Toronto earned respect of a lot because obviously, like you touched on before, they were you know what they were spending on players and stuff like that. A lot of people will say they they bought the way to the uh, to the Super League, you know, by buying expensive players and stuff like that. But you know, there's a there were a handful and core uh, core team of players uh, that started from 2017 all the way into Super League. I, I think there was about six or seven left. Um, and I'm sure I think it's about you know four or five now, but people forget that. I'm going to ask you about some of those original guys a little bit later, so we can hold off on some of those names because I, I have some I have some questions that ho- hopefully you can answer about some of those guys. Yeah. All right. So tell me about the first championship, 2017. Um, how? Tell me about this. How, how you felt about the season and into the playoffs, and of course that first championship for Toronto. Well, it was it was a must win season it was a you have to be 
the season had to be successful. If the season, if we didn't get promoted that first season, I'm not sure where where the Toronto Wolfpack would have gone. Um, so it was a must-win season, and obviously, like I say, we got beat by York in the first round of the playoffs. But apart from that, we were pretty dominant uh, throughout, and we made, like I say, we made a real statement. And in my opinion, we did have a, a championship, you know, contender, maybe you know, like a top four or top two championship team in that first year. Um, but yeah, uh, the I'm not sure. You might correct me if I'm wrong here, but. Uh, up until 2017, I'm not sure that any Toronto team had won a championship for X amount of years. I'm not sure if that, you might correct me on that, but uh, I remember someone saying to me, it's the first silverware that the Toronto as a city have seen in quite a while. And obviously, before the infamous, uh, the Raptors, before they won the NBA. The big Raptors win, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, you're yeah, not too far off. It, it had probably been a closer 20 years since a major championship. And it... The Wolfpack win, coupled with the um, the Toronto Marlies win in, in the AHL hockey, and then uh, yeah. of course uh, the um, MLS, uh, the, the TFC win in the MLS championship, all 2017. So that was a big year for the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that it was a pleasure to be a part of it. So you know, we would kind of. I when I when I came over to the city, I remember the first thing that I noticed when we was driving from the airport it was we were driving past the. Um, well, what was called the Air Canada Centre then, um, and I noticed that the um, the sports teams had their logo up on the the building just off the uh, the Garden Expressway. Up to the left, they had the the Raptors, the Blue Jays, the um, who helped me. The Leafs. The Leafs. Leafs. Yeah. yeah, and they had the TFC as well. So it was like I was like, oh, we need to get our. Um, we need to get our logo up there, and obviously that's why 2017 was such a crucial, um, crucial season. And and when you compare to the second championship Toronto had, what were the big? De- I mean, obviously the step up in the league was a big deal, but can you can you talk about the, the differences and, and maybe how you felt about those differences? Yeah, um, like I say, people underestimate the league one. It's a very physical. Um, very physical league, but as you, you know, I've played in all three leagues now, and as you step up a league and go up, the game gets a lot faster. Um, so obviously, we needed to adapt to that. Um, and you know, we had a great, we had a great coach in Paul Rowley that's vastly experienced in in winning winning championships. Um, so we, you know, we we were under no illusion how difficult that season was going to be in comparison to the first year. You know, we. Don't get me wrong, like I say, the first year was difficult, but we knew that we had to probably step it up a couple of gears in in terms of the championship season. So we had to prepare well and, you know, we did, to be fair. We, we, we took the season very seriously and we, yeah, we finished top of the league. So oh, don't get me wrong, we didn't, unfortunately, didn't win the million pound game that year. That was, uh, that was written in the stars for London that year, but, you know, we pretty much went with the same team the year after and, and got the job done. And that and that wasn't isn't that uh, gone down in, in rugby history as the lowest scoring million pound game? Uh, yeah, I think it's up there. Um, but, there was no try scored in it, so no, yeah. I, it's up there. I mean, four two or something like that. Yeah, the lowest scoring million pound game. I mean, I've, I remember witnessing a, a, a game when I was younger that was one nil. It was just a drop <laughs> goal. <laughs> Um, so, but no, I think it is the lowest scoring million pound game, and uh, we'd, we'd have won if uh, Gaz O'Brien could kick goals that day. <laughs> and he'll kill me <laughs> for saying that. 
But when I, oh, I was watching Pride and I was just like, kick it over, Gob, you dickhead. Let's go. <laughs> but no, it was really after that. Going back to the, the first game at Lamport Field, uh, as it, I'm sure the team knew about some fanfare, but were you, you guys, you, you especially because you you'd been with the team for so long, you saw the crowds grow, especially to the to our last season, the most recent season, yeah. you know, sellouts. Um, yeah. The team was catching on fire. Were you guys nervous that first game that there might be only ten people in the stands? Yeah, like I've you know I've. I've been asked this question a few times before and I'll always give the same answer. Like, I went out for warm-up, um, obviously. And when you go out for warm-up in the UK, um, you know, you've got probably 60% of your fans in the stadium, you know, ready to watch the game. Especially when you come into the end of your warm-up, you know, everyone's pretty much sat down in the seat and ready to watch. But I came out for warm-up when we played Oxford that first time. And I remember looking around, I was just like, oh, maybe I might have made a mistake here. This is... This is not good. Um, and then as the game went on, obviously, when you're playing the game, you, you don't really take notice of, of the fans, if, if I'm being honest. You don't, you don't really interact with the fans. You don't really take notice of what's going on in the, in the, in the stadium. But I couldn't help but notice like just more people like just coming in. And I was just like looking around to the lads and going, where are all these people coming from? <laughs> and then I got told after the game, it's... It's Toronto time. Some people turn up half an hour late. Some people stay for half an hour, then leave. And I'm just like, this is so different. But um, like you say, yeah, no, I've I've seen it grow and grow. And um, it's just, yeah, the, the million pound game against Featherstone last year was just insane. And and do you do you take a lot of pride in the growth of the Wolfpack? I mean, you you can consider yourself one of the founding fathers of the of the team. At least the players that are are, are putting in the hard work. How proud are yeah. you are uh, of the of the club growing the sport in North America? Yeah, you know, vastly proud, and I think it will be such a shame um, if the cap you know cap pull through this this difficult time with COVID nineteen. You know, it probably leave me a little bit heartbroken, really. Um, but I'm, I'm sure the, I'm sure they will, and I'm sure that, you know, the, they're going to pull through it. But introducing, I don't know if that's the right word, introducing rugby league to North America, because I'm sure there's, you know, there's clubs out there that do play rugby league. But being the first transatlantic uh, team to play in the, you know, the, I think it's the first professional uh, rugby league team is, you know, it's something to be very proud of, and. You know, I put one of my very first Instagram uh, photos. I put uh, an old team photo up, and it was the all the lads with a couple of missing faces from the 2017 season. And you know, and I'll and I'll be forever grateful and hold the utmost respect for them players that took that that leap of faith in the first year. Because you know, we we came to Toronto not knowing what it was going to be like. For all we knew, it could have been an absolute flop, and you know, and completely fail. But you know, like I say, it was it was our destiny in in written in the stars for us to uh, to uh, you know bring it over to Canada and succeed so no it awesome. was spoken like a yeah, true yeah. Noel Gallagher lyric my friend <laughs> written in the stars I love it okay so can, can I ask you a, a small you your 
uh, fame had grown because I remember going through the team roster uh, back in 2017, just trying to familiarize myself a little bit with the team. I had a, I had a small connection. A friend of mine works for Rugby League in the UK, and uh, she yeah. gave me the recommendation. And so I was able to talk to a couple of players. A lot of players were a lot of fun, but your popularity grew a lot the more your hair grew. Did you see that tie-in as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I think I don't. Th- I- I don't think I'd have been half as popular if I just had my old haircut, which was short. You know, I short agree. Side styled. I just think I don't know. I think people, I think people are a fan of their hair more than the, um, than you know me and my personality. But which is which is strange actually because everyone hates my hair in England. So it's 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 like really up, when you come, yeah. Well, everyone, you know, you'd be playing and people would be telling you to get an haircut and everything. But um, and I did. Uh, I did realise that I had my own, uh, well, not me, not run by me, but somebody, I don't know who to this day, had a, a, a Twitter account for my hair, so whoever that was. <laughs> whoever that was. You know, That's a great idea. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, that leads me into my, my next question. Uh, one, one of the part owners of the Wolfpack also owns a hair company, Wolf, named yeah. after me, I think the Wolfpack. And oddly enough, I, I don't know if you remember, but I, I work in a salon and we were about to bring the, the line in and I was chatting with their head stylist who was talking about you guys and I guess she did some of the, the work on your photo shoot. How, yeah. What kind of experience was that? Did you expect something like that? Because that seems, I mean, not many rugby players are also hair models. How does that happen? <laughs> I'd, I'd, you you tell me. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I just got the call uh, from our guy and he was just like, I need a... Uh, I need you a favour from you to come and do this uh, photo shoot. Albeit, I will say on the record that I actually did not receive any of the hair products. Every single player in the team did, apart from me. I was good. What? What happened? <laughs> you never washed your hair. That's why. <laughs> well, I was injured one after the million pound game in 2018. That's when they all received it. So, um, but no, I I enjoy I enjoyed doing it. I got some good pictures out of it. You know, they yeah, kind totally. of boosted my uh, confidence a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Not that you needed it, right? Come on. <laughs> You've got to have Come on. Fair enough. And uh, I got I to gotta ask you this, too. I imagine a lot. Like, I, I, I enjoy a lot of British influence fashion and hair, of course. I mean, uh, as a hairstylist, we always look at English stylists as some of the best in the world. Uh, you yeah. have to work with textures and fading. So are all your mates getting fades and you're, you're the one bloke with long hair? <laughs> well... I will. I will say this. Um, I don't think the boys that used to get the the fade, as you will, managed to find an actual person that could give a proper uh, fade up until maybe 2019. So yeah. I mean, we always used to laugh in the team because obviously it's so different in Canada. I don't, and I mean that with obviously with uh, with respect. I don't mean as a. I'm not taking um, some of the hairstyles that was uh, being produced. I'd, let's just say I'm, I was thankful that I had long hair. Let's put it that way. Are, are you specifically talking about Blake Walls and his bleach blonde hair? Oh uh, well, that's one. Craig Hall was another one in the first year. Oh yes, um, Captain Charisma. He had, yeah, he had uh, he had a belt. I've got a video on my phone actually. I can send you it. And we just started laughing when we saw it. It was hilarious. <laughs> uh, but there has been. We called Blake Wallace. We're getting called John Cena at one point. And, <laughs> And he's getting his bleach blonde hair to try to disguise the fact he's had a 
shit haircut. So it's just like, come on. <laughs> but we, the boys literally, they tried the hardest. But it's strange as well because obviously, you know, Toronto's a big city. Yeah? We compare it to like living in London in England because obviously, uh, you know, prices and stuff like that. But the, the boys were paying like $50 for a haircut, which is, is a sin in England, really. You know, a lot of the boys will pay maybe, you know, 10, 15, maybe 20 pound maximum, which is like, you know, 30, 40 dollars or whatever. It's just like, wow, you're paying completely mad over prices and you're not even getting the haircut you want. So, you got, you, I was just you like, know, I gotta imagine it's tough, right? Not only are you in a new city, you're in a new country. So, you really need yeah. to build those relationships to find a good barber. I, I wish it. I'd known, I would have set you guys up right. <laughs> well, like I said, when we got the, uh, when we had the photo shoots done and stuff like that, they, you know, they were, they were brilliant, they were fine. But obviously, when you when you're out and about and you're trying to find a barber, as you know, some of the boys did, and they just drop into a random one, not even checking reviews or even looking at people that are coming out before them, they're just getting it done, and it's just like it just became a joke. It was so funny. Well, I mean, I, I think that adds to team building as well, right? Who's yeah. gonna have the most shit haircut? <laughs> well, I'd, I'd probably go for Blake Wallace. He's always on the shit haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Blake t- takes a lot of the abuse, but uh, you know he, you know he, he's good sport about it. Oh yeah, he's class. So, you know, I won't change Blake for the world. He dyed his hair because he lost a game on FIFA on the PlayStation. But he was just like, <laughs> oh yeah, let's roll with it, let's go. So he's let's just, do it. He's a sport. He, yeah, he's. A, he just got married too, right? Yeah, he did. He yeah, good for him. Absolute, he sent me a video of him getting. Absolutely blind drunk, <laughs> and then he was like, he had a Madonna song in the background, and he was like, "This is for you." And I'm just like, "You need to go to bed, man." And then, and then, literally, yeah. it must have been half a day late. I'm like, he just told me he got married. Actually, I totally forgot. And I had to go back on the chat. I'm like, man, did you just say you got married? Because <laughs> I was in the impression he was getting married in Hawaii, like either next year or the year after or something like that. Which I think they are still planning on having some sort of ceremony over there, but. Um, yeah, you're just like, yeah, I just got married. And that just sums Blake up, really, as a person. And he's just like, just do it. He married a Canadian girl, right? Yeah, he did, yeah, Canadian. Kel. Look at that, Kel. look at that. Well, hey. There's a lot of people, do you know what? There's a lot of people that have been involved with the club that have either moved to Toronto, you know, one of our old stats man, he's, he was involved with us. He's actually moved to Toronto now with his, his, his partner. Uh, there has been, you know, Tom Dempsey from the first year. Yeah. Uh, the big chest Dempsey. He now lives in, in Toronto. Uh, so you've got to be careful when you sign for Toronto World Park because you might end up not, you know, leaving England. <laughs> that might not be or the worst Australia. thing. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know whose weather is better. I think it's it's kind of across the board the same, but. I can assure you, you know. not England. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, okay, so there's a couple more questions I want to get into before we get into. Uh, some fan questions. We've got a handful of fan questions, and I'm grateful for that. Um, but first, I need to know, because I, I'm a style guy. I think you're a style guy. I need to yeah. know, what is your favorite kit from the Wolfpack history? Uh, it's, it's definitely the um, the white one with the wolf. Okay, so what was it? That was uh, 20... The, the one with the wolf, they had the, the original one. The original one, that was 2017, yeah. Um, those Kappa kits were my favorite too yeah they were I mean the ISC don't get me wrong they were still nice but there was just generic kits in my opinion they were just kits that were maybe templated for another team and just whacked a a Toronto Wolfpack badge on it but the actual Kappa one from the first year 
the white one especially with the with the wolf in the background. It was just I think that was. I wish I'm actually, I'm I'm actually looking at it right now. Well, I actually um, I actually gave mine away to a fan, uh, my actual playing jersey at the end of the the end of the game that year. So I've had to ask the kit man Simon Gelder if he can. If he's got uh, an old one that he can give me, so I'm going to get it framed. But <laughs> that's good. Oh, uh, that, yeah, Simon's, I give it by the way. Simon's actually a really good follow on Instagram too. He's always got great picks. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's a great man. Like yeah, he's, uh, he's wonderful to be around. He's a good kit man as well. Very good kit man. S- Simon Gelder. If you want to follow him on Instagram, he's a good follow. It's, and if you you want a little bit behind the scenes, he he's got that for you. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Simon. All right, I wanted to mention a one memory I had from season one, and you guys had just squashed the Newcastle Thunder, and yeah. the crazy amount of noise that was coming from the locker rooms, and I couldn't figure out. Lamport's kind of interesting; like it's not the best facility, but yeah. we, you on the exit you saw the visiting team locker room and those boys losing their minds. Is that a Newcastle thing, or is that just a bunch of guys excited to be in a different country and ready? To taste the town. I've, I've, I've no. I, I think they just. I think they were ready to just taste the town. I think they just wanted to be. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to disrespect them and say they kind of knew they were going to lose. Obviously, they were going to turn up and play, but they were coming up against us. And obviously, I think if I was on the Newcastle team, coming over to Toronto for the first time or whatever, I'd be like, I just want to get out and see the city. I don't want to play rugby. Like, I want to just yeah. go see the city and explore and do a bit of sightseeing and stuff like that. So maybe they were, they had that in the back of their minds. And obviously, like I say, they were coming up against, you know, a team that were, that, you know, we were crushing people left, right and centre that year. So, I, And I, I have to imagine, up. I have to imagine as well, just to be excited to get out of Newcastle. <laughs> do you know, believe it or not, it's actually not a bad place, Newcastle. It's got its, uh, it's like every place in England. It's got its ups and downs. It's areas that you don't want to go to. Well, it's I, uh, my wife and I have become huge fans of this ridiculous show called Geordie Shore, uh, <laughs> which which you is know, where when I had short hair. I used to get compared to the uh, to a, a person in that show called Gaz. Who? When I had that Gaz, is it? Oh, oh yeah, that. Mr. Parsnip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know more than me, but yeah, everyone used to say, yeah, that's Shaw, and I'm just like, I don't watch it, man. I don't know who that is. That's when I used to have short hair, anyway, so well, I don't know, maybe God. you could see the resemblance. I, You know what, maybe, I, I'm going to have to look at old photos, but I'm not going to go that deep. Gaz was one of my favorite characters on the show, but I'm glad you never watched it because it sucked. The show is horrible, it's trash TV, <laughs> but we get into it, you know, you got to make the wife happy, you know how it is, you know, so. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. That's what I hear. Okay, so I, before we get into f- fan questions, I need to ask you about some of your either impressions of or if you have an impression of a player, but I'm going to name these guys off. Maybe you can give me a funny story or an impression of them or something like that. Some of my favorites here. Well, first off, big Adam Sidlow. I, give me a good story on him or something funny or, or characteristic that he does that you guys have a good laugh at. <laughs> So basically, Ziggy, as we obviously that's his nickname, Ziggy, we call him. Um, he, we used to call him the Chief Worrier because he literally worries about everything. Um, <laughs> and obviously, the first year, he, um, I remember walking into his room, and he must have been missing his wife and kid that much. He had photos up of them and um, and candles lit, and I was just like, "This is 
<laughs> I was like, this is like a shrine. Like, this is like someone's died and you're like remembering them. I'm like, you're going to make this harder on yourself, you know, being away from your family if you've got all these candles lit and stuff and you, you, you know, and you, you're worrying all the time. I said, you just need to take your mind off it and keep busy. And then, uh, and, and then obviously moving on to that, I said, you need to get yourself a PlayStation because we were all really hooked on the PlayStation when we lived in Canada. Like, you know, there's not much to do through the day. You, you might go for a coffee with the boys or something like that. But as soon as you get back, you're, you're on your PlayStation, you're playing Fortnite, basically. And uh, Adam Sidlow was like, no, 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 I'm not getting on that. I'm not getting on that because he's got a really addictive personality. Mm. Um, he says, I'm not getting on that because if I get on that, he um, goes, that'll be it. I won't come off it. Uh, so, all right, no worries. So, 2017, and then midway through uh, 2018 to 2019, Adam Sidlow pops up. Because uh, when Jay Kemet left um, the club, um, he left his PlayStation in uh, in Canada. And obviously, he said to, to Ziggy, oh, you can have my PlayStation. You know. So, then that was... That was the beginning of the it. end for Adam Sidlow. He was uh, he was absolutely hooked on Fortnite every time. He was oh. like, yeah, yeah, we need to play, we need to play. So he gets home and he buys his, his kids two PlayStations and obviously his kids are hooked as well and he's, he's jumping on any games he can. Like, at one point I was I was playing with Adam Sidlow, like, obviously playing with Ziggy, and then one game I'm playing with his kid, uh, Ethan, just to keep... Just to keep the kids happy, so that Ziggy can come back on the game. Yeah, it's so funny. So, he's uh, he's an addicted guy, you know. But he's a uh, you want me a better bloke than him, really. He's a uh, he's a really good fella. Ziggy, a lot of time. He always seemed like an awesome guy, and I, I often appreciate his size and the way he plays too. So that's a great yeah. story on, on a big set. Okay, uh, you mentioned Jake Emmett, and I totally forgot, but he gave me a great interview early on, and he was such a nice guy. I totally forgot, and I miss him. So, Jake, if you're listening to this, you got a lot of love in the city, my man. <laughs> All right, the next I need to know about is, you, is your good broski, uh, Mr. Adam uh, Andrew Dixon. Andrew Dixon. So I played with, I was actually played played with Dicko at, at Lee, um, and you know, he's he's uh, it was hard. Obviously, he was in a relationship. Um, in the 2017, so it was hard to get get him out. Uh, you know, when you you know you want to hit the dance floor and stuff like that. But when it did come out, my God, you've never seen uh, you never seen someone dance as well as uh, as, <laughs> as Andrew Dixon. We actually, um, I've got a, I've got a video for you actually. I, won't, I might share it for you. But it's uh, when we first joined. Uh, obviously, when the first the Wolfpack was first made. Uh, obviously, so we started training in the October. Um, and obviously December come, you know, it's the Christmas team drink. Uh, you had initiations and what you had to do. Um, and we, me and me and Dicko actually reenacted the uh, the dance off from American Pie three. Um, <laughs> you know, do you know with it's with Stifler and it's with the uh, the the gay fella. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they then to have a dance off, and obviously me and uh, me and Ann, me and Dicko reenacted that. Uh, and I'd like to say we reenacted it to perfection. Uh, he was Stifler, and I was I was the other guy. Uh, but I'll I'll send you it across. I'll share it with you. It, it's it'll go down in history as one of my best initiations I've ever done. Anyway, <laughs> well done. I, I I gotta say I really enjoyed the progression that Andrew Dixon's had or Dicko. That's an even better nickname. Has had from. League One to today, you, you saw the mass he put on, and his play has just gotten so much better. I've I really seen the him. He, I think him specifically, his growth has been amazing over the last three and four seasons. Yeah, well, Dicko's he's, he's always been a Super League player. Like he's played in grand finals and stuff in Super League. He's always been a Super League player. 
Um, in terms of what you said there with his growth, I think he was experimenting a little bit when uh, we first came to Toronto, obviously. He was experimenting with his weight and different styles and how he wanted to play. Um, mm. Ever since I've known him, he's always he's, he's been quite a, a thick, do you know what I mean? He's, he's quite big. And then, then yeah. the first the first uh, season, he dropped his weight quite a lot. I don't know if that was for endurance or speed or whatever. I mean, you'd probably have to ask him, but I think he was experimenting and then obviously he's... Uh, He's, he's just gone back to what I always know, but he's, he's a he's a reliable player. He's, he's good to play with because you know if you want a job doing, he'll he'll do it. So he's a he is a top player. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, we're gonna get into some fan questions. Um, you're good. You're good for a little bit longer. I don't want to take too much of your time up. Nah, yeah, yeah, I'm sweet. Yeah. All right, awesome, my man. All right, first one comes from Dave Di Francesca. He wants to know how hard is it to play in a different country with a new franchise like the Wolfpack. We touched on it a little bit, but if you had anything to add, um, well, like, yeah, we've touched on it a bit. Obviously, it's, it was hard, but you know, once you get you over the fact that you've got to travel seven hours, um, I think it's relatively easy. I think the fans in Canada make make your life easy as well. Um, you know, it's, and it's a hard place to come. Whenever we seem to play at Toronto, it always seems to be like forty degrees. <laughs> but I don't know if that's down to the plastic pitch as well that we play on. If it's thirty degrees and the weather you know it's going to be at least 40 on the pitch um but no it's like i say once you get over the fact that you've got to travel um and like i said i touched on it earlier you find out what works for you so i know for a fact that when i when i get to canada when i fly from the uk to canada i'm going to stay up as late as i can um that day so i might even go i don't know go to the bar and have a drink or i remember once i went to um to a concert the night we, we landed just to stay up late and then because what you'd usually find if you don't do that, you, you find yourself waking up at like 3, 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Makes uh, sense, yeah. Well, that's well, that's my personal preference anyway. So, every, like I say, find out what's, what works for me. Um, and then you get over it pretty quick. You know, after a couple of days, uh, you'll be back, you're back to normal. So, get over the fact you've got to travel and it's easy. Right on. All right. Dano the Man 016 said, asked, what's your favorite moment in a Wolfpack Uni? Um, that's hard. That probably. Um, I don't know. You know, I've got I've got quite a lot. I think probably the first ever game. You know, I'll probably I'll name a few. The first ever game going out. You know, representing Toronto, especially I'm talking in, in Toronto against Oxford. Um, you know, that was special. Um, I think obviously winning promotion to Super League, especially because we didn't win it. The year before, um, you know, I wasn't part of the team, obviously, due to injury, but, you know, managing to actually turn it round and, and be part of the team the following year to get promoted, um, yeah, that, that was special as well. I've, I've, had, I've had a lot of special special moments in in the, uh, in a, that's all, like, team collectively. I think if I was to choose a probably, a, I don't know, a personal, um, um, probably a personal special moment was when we played Lee. Uh, Centurions and I scored a I scored a hat trick at the LSV, but I'd, I'd been getting hounded all game from the Lee fans because obviously I'd uh, like I touched on earlier I'd, I'd left I'd left Lee probably not in the way that I wanted to leave to leave the the club, um, so I've got a bit of stick from the fans, um, which hopefully now it's you know water under the bridge, but um, 
I got a lot of stick from the fans all game, and you know we, we was taking it as a team all game, getting called rejects and all sorts, and you know I, I scored a <laughs> I scored a try in the corner, I ended up shushing the crowd, and a lot of backlash, <laughs> a lot of backlash came came from that. But I was just like, for me, like because we'd we'd been taking stick all game, and we'd been you know getting hounded and you know slated on social media by these these like certain people and you know we were getting attacked in the game and it just felt it was just a bit of a special moment for me that yeah it, it was I'm always amazed when I was watching the games on television and I'd watch the English fans cheer through the whole game there's no breaks you know there's no you know when we were yeah. arousing the other team we would you know a couple barks and then you lay back and yeah. get a couple sips but I don't know why yeah. anybody drinks during the game because everyone's cheering the whole time yeah, well, to be fair, I don't think you're actually allowed to drink uh, during the games in England. I think, well, especially not in the stands. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember the last time I went to a, a rugby game and drunk. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, but yeah, well, no, like, it... the, the the difference I found is like the, in England they're always they're always cheering and it's positive and it's negative. Like, but when you're in Canada, you might hear a couple of like you say jeers for the opposition, but then you, you know if if the opposition scores and it's a good try. Like everyone's going to applaud it in Canada. Everyone's going to cheer for it and be like, "Yeah, that's a nice play, well done." Whereas in England, you, you, you're good. Yeah, you're going to get booed. Simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Dan, for that one. Um, all right, Greg McNally one wants to know who's the best FIFA player at Leeds in 2015. Honest answers, please. I'm going to guess this is a little bit of an inside joke. Uh, <laughs> well. Greg McNally knows exactly who took home the trophy in 2015, <laughs> and I think I've still got that trophy upstairs in my room. So, if uh, if we're going to answer honestly, yeah, it's, yes, I'm going to say myself. And All I think right. Slowly, closely followed by Dicko Andrew Dixon. He's a really good FIFA player. And it, to be fair, he should have probably won it, but you know, he couldn't deal with the kids ways that year. So I think what you've got to do is. Definitely make a social media post with you in the trophy, just reminding Mr. McNally about how good you are. <laughs> you know, Five no, years later, you, yeah, I will. You put the uh, you put the post up of uh, the question, and I'll just follow it up with uh, the picture of me holding the trophy. Perfect. All right. Um, <laughs> Rugby Bartel Nine wants to know what's the most exciting game you've ever played in. Um. Oh God, that's a hard question. I think, um, I think if I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably have to say Ireland against Papua New Guinea um, in the World Cup 2017. International, yeah. Um, simply because we we kind of were wrote off before the tournament. Um, you know, people weren't expecting us to succeed, and then we uh, we beat Italy in the first game, which was filled with the uh, you know. Quite a few NRL players, James Tedesco, to name one, who actually plays fullback for Australia now. He played in in the Italian side in the World Cup, but we actually managed to beat them. Um, and then it was kind of like, well, hang on a minute, if we go to Papua New Guinea and beat them, uh, you know, we've got a place against England in Melbourne, you know, in quarterfinals. So we obviously, and obviously, I'm not sure if you know much about PNG, but it's like their number one sport. Is rugby leagues, and you know when you get over there, it's it's quite hostile. It's, it's like you know it's PNG only. So when we were when we were attacking, 
you know, the crowd will silence and, and stuff like that. But when the you've never heard noise, I will have never heard noise like it. Anyway, when PNG has the ball, when you're playing against Papua New Guinea over there, it's you know, it's it's crazy. But we came. I think it was. Oh, I can't remember the score for the life for me. I think it was like ten all uh, with like five or three minutes to go, and we just kicked the ball into the in goal and. Louis, Louis McCarthy Scarsbrook, who plays for St. Helens, he must have missed it by an absolute caterpillar's eyebrow. It was so small <laughs> how he missed it. Um, and then uh, they went up the other, the other end and obviously, you know, defence into attack. And then we managed to defend the kick and then uh, defend the, their play. And then it was the next set when we um, we was going up the field and it was a loose ball and it was it was kicked on from, from PNG and it was just unfortunately it didn't go our way that day, but you know that that was probably the most one of the most exciting games I've played in. That's pretty exciting. Was that back in 2017? That was 2017. Yeah, so we played uh, we played Italy first in Kearns um, in Australia, uh, and we managed to beat them. Like I say, which was I don't think we were um, I don't think we were favourites at all in that game. And then we went, we had to fly to Papua New Guinea. Uh, and we had to we had to beat beat them uh, just because of how the fixtures work and fixtures work and the schedule and that in the in the World Cup we had to beat all three teams I think it was uh, so we had Italy Papua New Guinea and Wales and we managed to beat Italy and Wales but we lost in the in the in the last few minutes to to PNG and it were it were a really good game you know I might if you know I'll look back at it over the years when I watch it and, you know it was a really good game to be a part of. Yeah, I just looked it up quickly. Fourteen five final, but this write up is actually pretty incredible about how uh, back and forth it, the game was. Yeah, it was like I say, it was it was one of them. It was complete. You know, you hear you know rugby experts talk about arm wrestles and stuff like that. And it was just back and forth, back and forth, really quick, really quick game. And you know, uh, yeah, we just unfortunately fell up short. But you know. Any other day, or you know, a lucky kick, or a lucky like if Louis if Louis had scored that try, it'd have been game over. We'd have we'd have beaten PNG on their on their patch, which would have been you know a massive achievement, but wasn't meant to be. Fair enough. Right, here's a blast from the past. Actually, this is this this next question comes from um, an ex Wolfpack player who who gave me my first Wolfpack signature. This is Bob's Beswick uh, okay. underscore wants to know what's your favorite gif. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big pop, big pop. No, so obviously me and Bob. <laughs> this is this is funny. This is inside joke. No one else will be laughing except me and Bob. But we had a we have an inside joke when uh, if we were ever like, oh, if you fan do you fancy a beer, and we'd like <laughs> it's disgusting as well. We'd like lick his lips, uh, and there's a Jackie Chan. A gif of him licking his lips and me and Bob used to send that relentlessly to each other all the time and it got to the point where we wouldn't even ask each other if we wanted to go for like a coffee or a beer or, or you know anything like that we'd just send the gift to each other and they'd be like yeah alright see you soon perfect <laughs> I love you that's funny Bob, Bob was super nice I remember him and Quinn were giving our autographs at the team store and I, I pulled out this ball and I got him to sign it I think I have your autograph on it as well um, yeah. Fui Fui Moi Moi is on there and um, uh, oh my god I can't believe I forget his name now um, oh shit oh I'm so embarrassed I can't remember his name but he, he he came up to me and he said Worthington what's his first name? Oh Greg Worthington, Greg Worthington, Greg Worthington. Yeah. he goes 
you know this is a union ball, right? <laughs> Fuck. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm new to this, okay? Thanks, Greg. Yeah, All Greg's, right. a proper, Greg's a rugby nerd, so it doesn't surprise me that he's put oh. you up on that. All right. Uh, next one. <laughs> next, That's great. Oh, thanks, Bob, for that question. That's great. <laughs> All right. Chalupa Carba 52 wants to know, what was your favorite sport to watch in Canada? Um, well, I actually, I'm a big soccer football fan. I actually got to see the TFC live a couple of times. Um, but if I had to pick, I actually got to see... Um, the big man himself play live for Cleveland, the LeBron James, where we oh. went to watch the Raptors against Cleveland that year. And that was, that was insane. Like seeing, obviously seeing LeBron James play live, but seeing um, <clears throat> the crowd for that game, obviously, because it was the, it was the playoffs. Um, but obviously then being in Canada, obviously the following year when the Raptors won it, oh, yeah. um, you kind of, it's strange because when I'm in England, I don't, I don't really follow basketball. I don't really watch it. You know, I've not, I've not really any interest in it. Um, but when I go to Canada, obviously, you know, it's basketball, it's it's baseball, it's hockey. Obviously, we're we're not blessed to be over in Canada when the hockey season's on. Obviously, it's it it don't go and they don't go parallel with our season, unfortunately. But um, yeah, watching watching basketball over in Canada is. Uh, were very special, especially like I say, seeing LeBron James, which is a once in a lifetime opportunity, especially for someone from the UK. Right on. Uh, Chalupa Cabra 52 asks as well, he wants to know, what was your welcome to rugby moment? Um, I can't imagine it's culturally influenced. Yeah, I mean, I've played rugby since I was four years old, so I've never really had a welcome to rugby kind of moment um, unless it means whenever I've been uh, been smashed and tackled and stuff like that you know that kind of yeah. rugby you're playing it now <laughs> yeah. uh, but no I've always I've from a young kid obviously four years old play, played rugby um, so I played it a long time uh, and I, like, you, like you say culturally it's, it's you either play rugby or you play football especially from the place Northern England, um, you know, you don't really look to rugby union like you do maybe down in the south. It's uh, rugby leagues are very much a northern game. So when you're growing up and you're in school, it's either, you know, do you play rugby or do you play football? And um, I'd like to think I could have tried and played both, <laughs> but probably not. So I probably made the right decision in uh, in, in playing rugby. Yeah. But I, I think you know, in watching some of your highlights. The little footy, the footy action helps quite a bit. Uh, I, I was amazed. I, that's something I didn't know about rugby, and I think it's such an underutilized tool in the game. Is a little footer pass. Yeah, the uh, the kicks on. Uh, mm. I like to I like to class myself as a, a very mediocre football player. I'll be one of them players when I obviously retire from rugby. I'll be like, yeah, I could have played football. You know, when I'm sat in the pub and stuff like, yeah, I could have done this. I could have done that. Uh, which. Sure. Realistically, I probably couldn't have done, but uh, no, I've, I've scored. Uh, I've scored a couple of tries. I scored. Uh, I scored the one at Lampo when I kicked it on, um, and I actually scored one for Lee Centurions against uh, Wakefield Wildcats. Oh well, Wakefield Trinity, sorry, um, from the base of the scrum. Uh, I kicked that on as well. So, like I say, I like to think I'm a mediocre football player, but probably not. That's fair. I'll take it. All right, Aaron Chalupa <laughs> would like to know um, what player. Uh, sorry, he wants you to name a player you've always looked up to. Um, now, I'm going to be quite controversial here um, and say that 
even though you know, don't get me wrong, I love playing rugby. Um, you know, and I am a fan of the game, but you know, I've always been a soccer football guy. I've never really watched rugby. Uh, you know, I'm a big Leeds United fan. Uh, I've always watched football, um, but I don't, I've never really had someone that I really look up to. Um, I've, I think if if I was to try and change their question. Uh, if if I was to name someone who I took most inspiration from in rugby, it'd be Rob Burrow, hands down. And obviously, you've got your uh, Massimo Sows, who was unfortunately injured earlier this year and put in a wheelchair, but he's actually learning to walk again now. And wow. the support that um, the support he's had throughout that, him and you know Rob, the, you know the last couple of years been a difficult time for rugby league, uh, for you know especially from that perspective, but. You know, it's it's something that you can take a lot of inspiration out, especially as a rugby player. Um, so if I, yeah, apologies that I changed the question a bit, but I don't, I don't really have anyone that I, that I look up to. So. That's okay. I can be that for you, Liam. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I look up to you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All right. Uh, last question from Dcoop07. He wants to know what team do you support? Uh, in in what sport is he talking about? It's, it's, it's a good question. He doesn't say uh, Daniel Coop, um, but I don't have any any other information. I'm going to imagine it's it's in rugby, but yeah, uh, he doesn't specify in the question. But I guess overall, I mean, why don't you go across the gamut of, of the sports you follow? Well, t- um, if I was to pick a team in, in rugby, it would be Toronto. I would say I'll, I'll always be a fan. Obviously, we've touched on it earlier. You know, me being. Um, you know, having a special place in with me is Toronto. So even though you know I'm not playing for Toronto the next year or whatever, and, and I'll, I'll still be a fan of the club, and that's probably the team that I'll always always gun for and want to succeed. Um, and then obviously football. I've just said you know Leeds United, diehard Leeds United fan. Right on. But apart from that, any any other sports really? Um, I don't, don't really have a have a team. Just football and and. Uh, well, just Leeds and, and Toronto Wolfpack. If I let's say if I had to say basketball, I'll say the Raptors, just because of. Uh, All right. Been there. Well, uh, you know, you, you'll gain a lot of fan support just supporting the Raptors and their current run. So you safe bet there, my man. Yeah. And of course, the Leafs and the Blue Jays, right? Yeah. Well, I've been to a, a few, uh, you know, Blue Jays games uh, as well. You know, and I did enjoy that, uh, but never, never got to go to uh, a. Uh, Hockey game, which I am, I am gutted about. Yeah, Maple never say never, got never my man. That's it. Yeah, well, I've always said that. You know, one day I will come back to Toronto at some point, whether it's as a fan or as a an opposing player. I will be there, uh, so right. I can catch a, a Leaf game then. Hopefully, a player. Let, let let's hope, or sorry, let's hope as a fan, not a player. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so I, I want to kind of steer this to towards the end of, of the interview, but uh, we, we kind of touched on it. When I saw your Instagram uh, and noticed that you had an Oasis, an Oasis lyric as, as part of your intro, I was blown away. What are the chances? <laughs> my favorite rugby player and my favorite all-time band, could this actually be? Is this a dream? What's happening right now? The, yeah, massive number one. Well, obviously I'm not number one. I think you might be the number one fan of Oasis, but uh, <laughs> yeah. It's I'm true. It is me, yes. Thing is, though, um, I was always like, oh, they all sound the same. And I'm just like, oh, 
Oh my Can't God. say that. Get her uh, out yeah, of here. Yeah. Get, yeah. get her out. <laughs> Kick her out. Um, you know, I, I, you know, it, it's very tough because a band forms their own sound, and uh, the Oasis sound. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's it's. There's never a, a dull moment in in any of their no. songs because there's always something going on. Um, so why don't why don't you give me maybe give me a couple of your favorite tunes? Of course, I'm gonna guess like "Live Forever" is gonna be a big tune for you. Nope. No? Okay. No. Alright. Okay, hold on. Let, Don't you know, get me wrong. Let's, let's, it's let, still a big tune. I, I was actually blessed with watching Noel Gallagher in Toronto when he uh, he was there with the Smashing Pumpkins. So I went and watched them, managed to watch Noel Gallagher, and I managed to watch Liam Gallagher earlier this year. Oh, uh, his new album was, is so good. Yeah, they were they were both they were both really good, but you know, they need to get back together. I think if they got back together, uh, you know, they'd better sell out stadiums for for weeks and weeks, but I, I think maybe so maybe some things are just left, uh, you know, how they were. I, th- I think that's how Noel feels about it. Um, but can you imagine this? Could you imagine they do a reunion tour once this COVID thing is under control and they go yeah. back at Nepworth and, you know, they bring back some of the old band. Yeah. I know that Bonehead and Liam are doing things together again. So, yeah. you know, I gotta imagine, you know, at some point something big is going to happen and they're going to be part of it. Do you know something? I don't really want to rain on your parade either, but um, when the when the Manchester terrorist attack happened, um, I genuinely thought, you know, when it happened in Manchester Arena, I thought um, that's this is now or never. I think perfect time for Oasis to get back together and you know do a, a concert, you know, and obviously raise some funds or whatever. And I thought if they don't get back together for this, I can't. I just can't see them getting back together again. So hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm I'm wrong because I will spend a, a stupid amount of money to go see them. But so if I, they, they won't be listening. But if they are listening, get back together. <laughs> yeah, I agree totally. And make sure you you hit Toronto at least once. I appreciate that. <laughs> I saw him once in 2005, and it was it was so good, and uh, one of my favorite moments and favorite concerts easily. And I've seen them, I've seen Noel twice live, but I haven't seen Liam when he came to the city. I, I and I got young kids; it's tough to get out to a concert at this point. So, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so so what's your favorite tune then? Um, it's hard to say. Um, it's hard to say. I, I I don't. I can't. I think Supersonic is up there. Supersonic uh, has to be it. Yeah. Some might say is always a, is always a favorite yeah. of mine. But you know, I had uh, I got when I got married. My first dance song was "Slide Away," oh. um, so that has a special uh, special place as well. So it's just like it's just too like, Give it all you got. Like, yeah, it's just it's just too many to choose from. So when someone says to me like, "What's your favorite song?" It's just like I can't. I, can't. I, don't, I, I don't think I could choose. I think my one. If I had to choose. And this is only because I've heard it live and how good it was live. It'd probably be Rock and Roll Star. Oh, that's really good, too. You know, one tune I, I always liked that never really there hit off was uh, Lord Don't Slow Me Down. Uh, it came yeah. out in 2000. Such a good band. You know, it kind of has a bluesy kind of feel, like a New Orleansy kind of feel. But I always let a lot of noise going on in that song and really, yeah. really good bass drum on it. Anyways, anyways, I digress. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Liam, I'm going to wrap this sucker up. I appreciate this so much, my man. Uh, this, yeah. this has actually been a goal of mine for a long time, so thank you for helping me achieve one of my goals. And I hope, no I hope everyone listening to this enjoys it. Uh, my yeah. question to you is, is um, with, with things looking the way they do, maybe one day back in Toronto, if you do 
can I get a can I get a message? Can we go have a pint at some point and just talk about the good old days? Hundred percent, of course we can. Like I said, I'm definitely be in Toronto at some point, and when I am, I'll reach out for sure. Yeah, maybe I'll have to give you a haircut. Maybe fix that haircut of yours. <laughs> maybe you can be the guy that cuts it. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a lot to pay. You know, if you have a hard time paying fifty bucks for a haircut, flying back to the six <laughs> to get a haircut is going to be even more expensive. Yeah. Exactly. All right, my man. Thank you so right, much for cool. doing this, and yeah, cool, uh, we'll reach on the socials. And if you enjoyed this, please follow Liam K at, at Liam K Ways on Instagram. Good follow, and hopefully we can get some uh, more. more more embarrassing photos and videos of guys from the Wolfpack. <laughs> 100%. Cheers, guys. All right.